Good morning. My name is uh, Shannon Biddle, and I'm a member here at St. Paul's. We want to welcome all of you who are joining us here in the sanctuary this morning. And for those of you who are joining us on Facebook live streaming, um, if you'll please like us so that we, we know that you're part of us, we'd appreciate that. Um, thank you for those of you in um, the sanctuary with us this morning for wearing your mask as Tulsa County continues to be in the high-risk category for COVID. Um, it is just one of those ways that we can show the love of Jesus for our neighbors um, by continuing to wear our masks. At this time, Pastor Emily. Well, good morning, church. It's great to be with you here, uh, physically in person, but also all of you who are joining us online. Uh, I think Pastor Kathy is there, so I'm saying hello to her. Um, Pastor Kathy is also doing well. She's sort of right on track in her um, physical therapy and in her uh, journey of healing and um, Hopefully she uh, will be back with us as soon as she can be, but we want to make sure that she gets the rest that she needs. Um, but now let us pray and prepare our hearts for worship. Gracious God, we do not get to rest enough in this society. We are a go, go, go kind of culture. We are obsessed with work. We wear our overworked expressions with sometimes pride. But God, you command us to rest. You remind us that we are mere human beings, we are not machines, and that we need to set aside a time, a, a time every week to just relax in your loving embrace. And we ask that you would allow us to allow ourselves to rest in this time, this holy hour, so that we might be rejuvenated, refreshed, so that we might be made ready for the coming week, and for all the people and situations that we will meet that need your light and your love. Help us, O oh God, to take advantage of this time, to truly be in a time of Sabbath, we ask this in your most holy name. Amen. St. Paul's United Methodist Church welcomes, affirms, and extends our love to all persons, regardless of age, ethnicity, income, nationality, life experiences, abilities, sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression. All are welcome into our family. Let us bow in prayer. We bring to you, O oh God, someone we have met or remembered this week and for whom we want to pray. God of love, hear our prayer. We bring to you, God, someone who is hurting today and needs our prayers. God of love, we say together, hear our prayer. We bring to you, God, a troubled situation in our world today. God of love, hear our prayer. 
We bring to you God, someone whom we find hard to forgive or trust. God of love, hear our, hear our prayers. prayers. We bring ourselves to you, God, that we might grow in generosity of spirit, clarity of mind, and warmth of affection. God of love, hear our, hear our prayers. prayers. And with love for you and for all creation, we pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. If you will stand with me as we read the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. And she was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. And when Jesus saw her, he called her over and he said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days to be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, you hypocrites. Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it to water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day. And when he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things being done by him. The Spirit of God speaking to us. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Anyone who knows me, and I think most of you are getting there, right? Knows that I am a stickler for the rules. I love structure, organization, office supplies. I'll be headed downstairs here in a minute. I love lists. I have been carrying a planner since the sixth grade. And every week I make a list of things that I need to do and the satisfaction I get from marking them out is unparalleled. <laughs> I think the details really matter. And I want things to be done right, and I want them to be done well. And I think most of the time, rules exist for a very good reason. 
For example, it's a rule in our house to put up all the cleaning products, especially the spray bottles, because we have a two-year-old who is quite fond of spray bottles. And he will very likely spray himself in the face with bleach if we don't follow this rule. Rules keep us safe. They can keep bad things from happening. Um, for those of you who just went through safe sanctuaries training, you heard a whole two hours worth of rules that are meant not only to keep children and vulnerable adults safe, but they also work to keep our volunteers safe. These are good, beneficial rules to follow. And even unwritten rules, like societal norms, provide us with like, an expected idea of how to behave and how to function in order to provide order and predictability to society. And when we adhere to such rules, it helps us all kind of coexist in a mostly peaceful fashion. And when someone decides that maybe those rules don't apply to them, chaos ensues. And for someone like me, when people break the rules, I can hear myself screaming internally, rules are rules for a reason. They exist for a reason. You have to follow them even if you don't want to. And so I want to caution us as we approach this passage, because when we read the stories of Jesus, we assume he's always right. Now I want you to know that this is not a bad thing. <laughs> you are supposed to read Jesus as the hero of the story. That's kind of the point of the Gospels in a very basic terms. <laughs> and as we read it, it seems clear that this sort of black and white understanding of how to read this passage, it, it really does hold, okay? So it's the Sabbath. Um, Jesus is teaching in the synagogue. Luke tells us that there was a woman who was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. And she was bent over, and she could not straighten up well. And of course, when Jesus sees her, he calls her forward, and he lays hands on her, and she immediately straightens. And that is a breathtaking miracle, and everybody there knows it. Well, maybe except for one guy. The synagogue leader objects vehemently. The text says that he is indignant or he's angry or annoyed at what he perceives as unfair treatment. And he says to the crowd, there are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. So because we're reading Jesus as the hero, right? We're thinking, oh, this guy, come on. But Jesus rejects this, and of course he says, you hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie this ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it to water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, I would add a human being, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on Sabbath day? And of course, after this stern rebuke, all Jesus' opponents are put to shame. And the crowd rejoices. So the message seems simple enough. Why wouldn't Jesus heal this woman even if it is the Sabbath day? She's waited long enough. 18 years is long enough to wait, don't you think? She's bent over at what sounds like a 90-degree angle 
for most of her life, and Jesus is being merciful and loving as he always is. What's wrong with that? But I just, I hesitate here to condemn the synagogue leader for pointing out this rule violation. And it's perhaps because I see myself in him. This guy just knows the rules. He respects them. You know, they they give life structure and order. And something more in this case, they give the Jewish people a discernible identity that sets them apart from those around them. I don't know if you remember this, but the Sabbath is kind of a big deal. God commands God's followers to rest from work on the Sabbath in Exodus and Leviticus and Deuteronomy and all of those books Methodists don't really read. The seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you do not do any work, neither you nor your son, your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, or nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Literally, nobody is supposed to be working on this day. This synagogue leader is really not wrong. This is the rule. This is the way Jewish people have lived and practiced their faith for hundreds of years. And so I am sitting here as I read this, and I think, why is Jesus breaking the rules? Jesus was firmly, deeply Jewish. He's literally teaching in a synagogue in this scene. And he knows the Torah just as well, and probably much better, than the synagogue leader. So why is he pushing back like this? He knows the rules. Now, I forgot to mention that there's one exception um, to my belief in loyalty to the rules. I don't follow a rule if I think it's stupid. And I know that that sounds deeply American. (laughs) Um, But I want you to know that I have standards. (laughs) And I don't just disregard a rule because I don't feel like following it. Okay? I only disregard a rule if it conflicts with my core set of values and beliefs. And I think this is what Jesus is doing here. Now, I don't want your takeaway from this sermon, like, don't go home and tell whoever, like, Pastor Emily said that Jesus said we don't have to go to church, we don't have to honor the Sabbath. Your takeaway should not be that Jesus is abolishing the Sabbath, or that he's throwing out this very central formative practice simply because he doesn't care to observe it that day. He's doing something much more nuanced and profound than that. Now, the synagogue leader's interpretation of the law is very literal. And it gives this very little room for flexibility. And and it's a form of legalism, which you're not going to find in the text. But legalism is this way of understanding scripture, and it's very much still alive and well today. Um, And in some ways, probably is at the heart of our current denominational conflict, and even our political culture in this country. People who have a legalistic view of scripture demand a strict adherence to rules and regulation. And when you don't follow those rules, honey, you're out of the club. 
you're not a very good believer, and you should be ashamed or even cast out. It is a very black and white way of thinking and practicing our faith. And Jesus is rejecting this legalistic view of the law. Now, what we don't know from just reading this passage is that there was a debate about how to interpret the rule about not working on the Sabbath in Jesus' time. And it's because, like, the Bible doesn't give us details. Like, what does that look like, not working? Can I take a drink? You know, can I lead my ox to water? What, what's, what's allowed, what's not? What does it mean to not work? And so Jesus is on the less stringent end of this debate. And he even points out, hey, I'm not alone in bending this rule in practice. Even the synagogue leaders themselves would have mercy on an ox or a donkey who needed water on the Sabbath day. So why are they so resistant to having mercy on this human being? Now, according to scholar Ira Brent Driggers, in Jesus' view, the Sabbath law commemorates and celebrates Israel's liberation. So it ought to be a day of enacting, not inhibiting, the present-day liberation of the Israelites. For Jesus, it is more appropriate to liberate this woman from her bondage on the Sabbath day than any other day of the week. It is scriptural. Jesus has a very good reason for breaking this rule. Doing so aligns with his belief in the necessity of God's purposes to heal, liberate, and unbind the people of God. What is the point of our faith if all we get from it is a set of stringent rules that rather than liberate us or change our lives for the better, simply oppress and harm us or others? That is not good news. And as Nadia Boltz Weber once said, we should never be more loyal to an idea or a doctrine or an interpretation of a Bible verse than we are to people. What Jesus teaches us is that there are some principles and values that transcend the rules. For Jesus, mercy should always override legalism. And when we are tempted to prioritize rules, ideas, doctrines, or biblical interpretations, we should instead always choose love, compassion, mercy, peace, and people. And that, my friends, will always be good news. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.